Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Thank you very much indeed for tuning into the Big Red Bench Packed Hour of Sport coming away between now and 7 p.m. Reaction from Corsi Rovers. They were crowned Cork Mogi champions for the first time in their history today. We'll hear from Corsi's in just a little bit. We're going to hear from Glen Rovers boss Richie Kelleher after they booked their place in the Premier Senior Hurling Championship final. We'll hear from Richie a little bit later on in the show. We'll talk to Joanne O'Reardon about the new season of our podcast coming up and we're going to hear from Clive Tilsley as well who's the guest on the first episode which is going to be published on Friday. And we're going to keep you up to date on Cork City and Finn Harp scoreless at the break in Donegal. Fingers crossed the Rebel Army can get all three points. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. My name's Rory O'Hagan. I'm joined by a man who I think lives in Cork's Red FM now, Colm O'Sullivan. <laughs> Hiya, Rory. How's it going? How are you, boy? I'm good. I'm keeping an eye on the Cork City game here, Rory, on the uh, the Watch LOI service, which yeah. is great, actually, the streaming service. Fantastic. It's brilliant, uh, provided by the FAI and RT, and you need hope it's something they'll keep up next season, be able to watch the matches live, and like you just pay a fiver and you watch it The way things live. are going, we'll have no crowds next season. <laughs> well, it is kind of looking like that, that could be the case, unfortunately, but uh, it's still scoreless, as you mentioned, Rory, in the Cork City game at half time. City are the better side I think in the first half marginally Finn Harps mm. have had a couple of chances but Cork City have had three or four decent chances Keen Coleman had a lovely header and a great save from McGinley in the Finn Harps goal just to kind of palm it away when it looked like Keen Coleman's header was going into the goal Deshaun Dawling should have put Cork City 1-0 up as well uh, he had a chance kind of at the far post and he kind of slid in and it looked like it was going to go in uh, just kind of sneak past the post but well the wrong side of the post unfortunately and uh, remained scoreless there Darrow O'Connor with a good shot just before half time there as well so Cork City have had their fair share of chances and they look well up for this game it's a much better performance than what we saw from Cork City against Shamrock Rovers a couple of weeks ago they needed an improved performance um, and and, I mean this this really is a a must winner certainly as Neil Fenn described it during the week a must not lose game for Cork City yeah we were discussing that earlier I was saying look as long as I I take a draw I take a nil all draw now in a heartbeat at this rate to be perfectly honest if City lose today it'll be catastrophic I'd imagine Um, that relegation is almost a certainty um if they lose today well maybe not but you never know what's going to happen but look they can't afford to lose no. today um, and they have been going in search of the goal in fairness to them I expect them to sit back and just play for the draw uh, but the second half is just going to get underway but um, yeah fingers crossed City can convert a chance and, and hold on and get all three points Um yeah. They, they need it, Roar. I mean, I mean, Cork City have never been relegated on the pitch, which is something we mentioned yesterday on the show. Um, they've been relegated once for financial matters off the pitch, but they've never been relegated football-wise on the pitch. It's mm. unthinkable that it could happen. But if they lose today's game, they're going to be four points adrift. If they win, they're, they're two points ahead of Finn Harps. So it is a real relegation six-pointer. So, I mean, a win would be massive here. And signs are good for Cork City from the first half, I think. Um, but uh, hopefully a positive second half performance. A lot of people are saying Cork City have a game in hand, but that game in hand is against Dundalk. It's against Dundalk. You can not, not necessarily write it off but I mean you wouldn't be banking on getting any points there whatsoever would you? No you certainly wouldn't so um, yeah look as long as Cork City don't lose I think yeah, that's, the, that's the key today but scoreless in that one and we'll keep you up to date as the game progresses second half just about to kick off there alright as I mentioned Corsi Rovers the SC Systems Cork Camogie Senior Challenge for the very first time in their history they beat Inescara today 5-12 to 1-12 was how it finished Valerie was at that game for us we're going to hear from Corsi's in just a couple of minutes time in the Senior A Hurling Championship semi-final Father O'Neill's have beat Newsystown 4-13 to 1-13 uh, they'll uh, now face Charleville in next Sunday's final 
Kella won the scenery hurling championship relegation playoff the for Kilworth today 3-18-220 to was how it finished a one point win for Killa in the Premier Senior Football Championship Nemo Rangers in action today as they take on Ballancolly that's a porky run that is at 7.30 in the Senior A Football Championship semi-final Mallow have beaten for more 12 points to 9 what about this column Aero Og have won the first ever penalty shootout in the Cork Championship game they defeated Sarsfield's an intermediate A hurling championship semi-final it finished down 120 apiece Aero going on to win the, the penalty shootout 2-0 so that's a trivia question uh, for down the line of table That'll be a quizzes. Few, few table quizzes over the years I'd say yeah. well done to Aero Oak uh, Shamrock Rovers can go 8 points clear at the top if they win against Dundalk today that's at half past 7 at Oriel Park good to see that game going ahead I was annoyed last mm. week when the Cork City game was postponed just so Dundalk could go off and play in the Europa League and they were trying to do that again with Shamrock Rovers this week it didn't happen I think it's ridiculous Roy. I was saying this to you off air a while ago I mean professional teams and Dundalk are a professional team they're well paid players they're, they're full time uh, professional teams all over the world play two games a week if they're playing in Europe I mean you look at any of the, the English teams or the Italian teams or the French teams or whatever they all play maybe in the Champions League on a Tuesday or Wednesday night and play their league games on a Saturday I can't see why Dundalk can't play on a Thursday and play on a Sunday um, it, it, it would have been wrong to call it off I think it was wrong to call off yeah. the City game last week but uh, I'm glad to see that game going ahead tonight and that's a huge game as well I think a win there would probably seal the league title for Sean yeah. Rovers. second half uh, just kicking off there now just uh, waiting for for the referee to blow his whistle and uh, we'll get back underway and we'll keep you updated on that one with this from a scoreline the Premier League column Leicester City 4-1 up away to Manchester Ooh. City James Madison has just gotten a fourth Jamie Vardy with a hat-trick two of those penalties that's after Riyad Mahrez had put City up uh, Manchester City I should say after uh, just four minutes so a big big uh, result there for Leicester City against the team who many were choosing or many were picking uh, to uh, go off and uh, get the title back from Liverpool in fact they were favourites going into the, the campaign and that's Leicester really laying down a marker as well that saying that listen lads we're not going anywhere we're title challengers as well isn't it yeah it's fantastic stuff Brendan Rodgers certainly a uh, fantastic coach and getting a great uh, a great performance out of Leicester today but 4-1 is how it stands there uh, 79 minutes on the clock barring an improbable comeback from Man City that is a great three points on the road for Leicester elsewhere it's all of VAR again as uh, Tottenham Newcastle played out a one-all draw Andrew Chiel Tottenham 1 Newcastle 1 a controversial finish to the game three minutes into added time VAR awarded Newcastle a penalty converted by Callum Wilson handball against Derek Dyer Lucas Moura tapped in for Spurs early on uh, Spurs hit the woodwork twice and had three great saves by Darlow but they are furious at the end Newcastle mightily relieved it's finished Spurs 1 Newcastle 1 I am sick not just with VAR but that penalty that handball rule um, that's not Varys' fault it's just the, it's the, that's the rule that's there it's causing havoc the last week or two isn't I it? can't stand it maybe it's because when I played football I was a defender and I have sympathy for defenders in this situation for conceding penalties but like that's not a deliberate handball what happened there today what happened yesterday in the Man United game is not a deliberate handball it's ruining the game it is ruining the game and I've seen a lot of people saying that today that, it, that it's ruining football and, and you know there's a, there's a debate is, is VAR benefiting football is benefiting football or is VAR working against traditional football um, it's a tough one to call because people would be whinging if it wasn't there as well but I think that handball rule is just ridiculous altogether you will hear from uh, Jose Mourinho to hear what he had to say when he spoke on Sky didn't really have much to say about the awarding of the penalty Campbell at the end uh, conceded a penalty what do you think of that rule at the moment I don't think I think about my team performance 
very good. Really, really good performance. First half, amazing. Should be three for nil, easy. But uh, Darlo was fantastic and uh, we hit the post and they managed to to survive. In the second half, we kept we kept the control. We kept them away from our box. We know the danger of the box. Um, Every box is 18-yard box, but there are boxes and boxes, and we know that the Tottenham box is a, is a special box. So we managed to, to keep them always away, um, and then we we had that situation that uh, we lost two points. But I'm not going to to comment on it. If you won't comment on that handball, about there was a call at the other end uh, in your own box and you were reacting to it on the touchline. You were Lascelles potential handball. What, yeah, what, what I reacted uh, during the game, but uh, the game is finished and uh, I don't want to speak about it. Um, if I want to give some money away, I give to, to charities. I don't want to give to the FA. <laughs> so that's why he's not talking <laughs> back. He's got a big thing for penalty boxes, but it sounds with this, Jose. He doesn't want to be paying any fines by the sounds of it as well. You can tell he's seething there. I was hoping he was going to let rip, um, but he also <laughs> does want to get fined 50 grand by the FA. Um, he doesn't know. He's, he's, try, he's trying to kind of keep it, keep it on the QT and, and restrain himself, I think. But uh, it's not like Jose, Jose, because he's not usually shy of controversy. Mm. Yeah, interesting stuff <laughs> from him there. All right, uh, Leeds with the one win over uh, Sheffield United today, Joe Townsend. Sheffield United nil, Leeds won. The goal was coming and Patrick Bamford has delivered for Leeds United. It's three goals in three games to start life in the Premier League for the Leeds United striker. Across from the left-hand side and a perfect header back across goal that just nestled in the far corner. Only a minute or so left to play. Sheffield United nil, Leeds won. I mean, like, unfortunately, it wasn't a full-time report, but it was nearly a full-time nearly. report. Apologies for that, but that was how it finished 1-0 uh, to Leeds United. Uh, elsewhere today in the Scottish Premiership, Rangers beating Motherwell 5-1. Celtic beating Hibs 3-0 at Celtic Park. Uh, it's about four minutes gone in the uh, second half of Finn Park. And City have started this really brightly, Colin. City have started. They just have a chance now. Actually, it's just been cleared by Finn Harps, but Dylan McLeod swung in a corner there, kind of fell to a couple of City bodies in the box, but Harps managed to clear it, and Cork City are on the attack again here in O'Roar and a ball swung in again and again it's Barry McNamee is, is, is away with it there now for Finn Arps but City definitely the brighter side in the opening period of this second half as they were for most of the first half as well mm, Barry McNamee such a class player he's he a is, yeah. Rolls Royce for player love watching Barry McNamee plays shame it didn't work out for Matt Cork City uh, played out of position an awful lot um, when he was at the club but Great to see him. Um, I mean, hopefully, he won't do too much damage. Hope, hopefully, he has an off day today. Yeah, fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. <laughs> All right. Uh, in golf, in the Dubai Duty Free Irish Open, the American John Caitlin has taken the lead going into the last couple of holes of the final round. The Englishman Aaron Rye, who led the tournament yesterday, one shot behind on eight under par. Disappointing terms in a day in terms of the Irish interest uh, as well today. Um, Jonathan Caldwell um, finished best place on eight over par. The Irish amateur Mark Power finished two shots behind after his final round. The French Open is underway today at Roland Garros in Paris. Venus Williams bowing out in straight sets after she lost to the Slovakian Anna Karolina Schmidlova. World number two ranks Simon Halep also featuring early straight sets win. Andy Murray facing uh, Stan Wawrinka at the moment. That game into the uh, opening set there at uh, Roland Garros. Let's just score update on that one in just uh, a little bit. But uh, in fact, it's uh, Wawrinka who's leading by two sets to love three. 
in the third set. Julien Alaphilippe has won the road race at the World Cycling Championships. The Frenchman finished 24 seconds ahead of his nearest rivals, Ireland's Nicholas Roach, finishing 50th overall, just over 10 minutes down from the leader. In motorsport, a successful outing for Mercedes as Valtteri Bottas won today's Russian Grand Prix. The Finnish driver coming out on top with teammate Lewis Hamilton taking third place after taking on a 10-second penalty. Red Bull's Max Verstappen came in second, rounding out the podium finishers. An update from Man City and Leicester, uh, Peter Smith. City won Leicester 4 with an absolutely incredible goal from substitute James Madison to make it 4 for Leicester as he dribbled down the inside left channel and then from the edge of the penalty area on his right foot curled an absolute beauty into the top corner. This on the back of a Jamie Vardy hat-trick with the England striker scoring 2 from the spot and 1 with an absolutely sublime flick from the right of the 6-yard area. City have really struggled to make any impact at all in the final third of the field in the second half despite Pep Guardiola making two second-half substitutions with Liam Delap on for a Premier League debut. It's City 1, Leicester 4. And, yeah, there's 87 minutes gone. There's actually been another goal just in that game now, Roar. Uh, it's 4-2 now to uh, to Leicester in that game. Uh, Man City have just pulled one back there. Uh, Nathan Aki uh, assisted from Riyad Rian- Mahrez and Nathan Aki just getting one back for uh, Man City. So about five minutes left there and Leicester 4, Man City 2 is outside. Uh, and another chance for Cork City there again from a corner. Looking dangerous from corners. It was uh, Daryl Connor who blazed over. Um, after City had forced uh, a tremendous save uh, from the goalkeeper and yeah just over the bar then from uh from uh, Daryl Connor on the follow-up. Daryl Connor, yeah, it was actually good, but over the bar. But uh, I mean, City are looking very, very lively. Deshaun Dowling just had a great attack a few minutes ago as well down the left-hand side. Won another corner for Cork City. Nice trickery from Dowling, and they look lively going forward. I mean, it's just a matter of converting it into an all-important goal now. I think. Yeah, fifty-three minutes on the clock there on uh, at Finn Park, and we'll keep you up to date on that one. Uh, meanwhile, in the Premier League this evening, West Ham and Wolves uh, kicks off later on. Ian Beach has the team sheets. Wolves name their new signing Nelson Semedo in their starting lineup. That's one of two changes from their last Premier League outing against Manchester City. Ruben Vinagre also starts. Marcel and Daniel Podence left out. And for West Ham, it's just one change from the team that played against Arsenal. Fabian Balbuena starts in place of Issa Diop, who's been in isolation after testing positive for COVID. Mark Noble's on the bench. It's West Ham against Wolves at the London Stadium. And that's later on this evening, 7 o'clock at kickoff for that one. Right, uh, Camogie, Corsi Rovers making history today at Castle Lord after being crowned county champions. They beat the experienced in a scar of 5-12 to 1-12 in a thriller. Fiona Keating taking home the player of the match trophy with 3-2 to her name. Valerie there for us spoke to Karen Kyohan. Karen, first of all, congratulations making history today for Corsi Rovers. You stand here with the cup in your hands. How does it feel? Oh, it's unbelievable. There's no better feeling in the world. Um, it has been a long time coming, 21 years, so um, we'll enjoy it. And But I suppose we'll, re- we'll rejo- enjoy it respectfully. And um, hopefully it's the start of many, for many more years with this um, team. What was the vibe heading into today's game? Um, I suppose we just knew we had to believe in ourselves. We knew that we had the talent in our team, but I think one thing for our team is having the belief for ourselves. So we... I suppose we drove into it, we had the belief and we knew, I suppose we prepared, we were waiting for Inascara, we knew they were going to come at us hard and fast at the start, so I suppose we had 
predicted they were going to get the first few scores so we just knew once we stay composed once we kept our heads that we would get back into the game It took you a while to settle but by God did you because the water break came and afterwards he scored 2-8 and they had no reply Yeah, yeah no exactly I suppose like we were I suppose we were kind of playing out the event like the different um things I suppose that could happen in a match and we just knew once we stay composed that we had the talent within our team to, to claw back that lead. The hunger, the drive the motivation, it all really showed out there in the field today. Oh it did, definitely it did and um, I suppose 21 years of, of hurt of not getting to the final it, it has been bottled and I think we unreleased that uh, hurt today so What does it mean to yourself to be captain of the side? Oh my god it's unbelievable um, I suppose I'm kind of the one, the longest standing member of the team at the moment um, so it's just unbelievable, there, there is no better feeling. I'm so proud to be standing here representing such an unbelievable bunch of girls. This year the panel has been so, so close and each and every single one of us wants to drive on for each other so I'm the proudest woman in the parish. I wouldn't blame you. Doing it with family and friends. I mean, club is everything. It is. It is. It's unbelievable. There's, there's no other place I suppose. We all grew up together um, as friends so we all wanted to work for each other. We weren't going to let anyone alone today so I think it all worked out. I know there wasn't a lot of crowd here but oh my God, did Corsi Rovers bring a gang and they made as much noise. Yeah, I think we were limiting our tickets to the noisiest people in the, in, in the parish so um, definitely we had an unbelievable crowd to support but even the sport all week, the flags are in the parish, the signs are in the parish. It was just so heartwarming. It's an unbelievable parish to be from and they showed it here today. It's been brilliant. What's the plan to enjoy this evening? Um, we'll all go home to bed early. <laughs> Congratulations, thanks for chatting to me, Karen. Thank you. Thanks. Of course, it's Karen Cohan there speaking to Valerie. Can tell how much it means to them from that interview. Congratulations to them. History making stuff indeed. Um, I'm going to hear from the boss, Mike Boland, in a bit, but. Leicester have got another goal. <laughs> Goals flying in in that game there. and 5-2 uh, Leicester lead two. away to Man City. It's into time added on now. It's the first time a Guardiola side has conceded five goals in a single game. Interesting stat. Is that just at Man City or at all his clubs? Just in all his clubs. And it's wow. his first, fifth season at a club as well. Um, so, um, not a good day for... Not a good day for Guardiola at all at all. We'll get um, a full-time report on that yeah. one as soon as it comes in. But uh, 5-2 for Leicester uh, away to Manchester City into time added on. And Cork City still pressing for an opener here against mm-hmm. Green Harps. 57 minutes on the clock. And they scored! Fantastic goal for Cork City! Wow, uh, Dylan McGlade with the shot from the edge of the box took a massive deflection past the Finn Harps keeper, and Cork City lead fifty-seven minutes on the clock. Fantastic scenes! That's a huge goal yes. for Cork City. Roar! Darrow O'Connor with great work passes it off to McGlade on the edge of the box. He shoots a low shot past McGinley in the Finn Harps goal, and it's there, and it's one 0 to Cork City. And this could be a huge goal, and hopefully a massive three points that could end up keeping Cork City in the Premier Cork Division. City. Oh, fantastic stuff! Fantastic. Fantastic stuff, uh, indeed. Um, no, there's a half an hour left in the clock. You would have mad clock even. You would have <laughs> clock's not there at all. <laughs> well, we could do, York, we could but do with them. Half an hour left. I think City like they're going to end up sitting back, 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 and inviting Finn Harps onto them for the next half an hour. So it's going to be very, very nervous uh, for the next thirty minutes. I will have no fingernails left by the end <laughs> of the show. That's the worry you'd have that they will sit back. Though you'd nearly rather if they if they went on and tried and got a second one, wouldn't you? Yeah, you certainly would, but. <sighs> nerves, 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 nerves. We'll keep a nervy today. 30 minutes or so we'll we'll to go. keep you up to date on that one. But back to Corsi Rovers and their history-making afternoon and their boss, Mike Boland, has been in conversation with Valerie. Mike, first of all, congratulations. What a game. Yeah. It was a great game, actually. Uh, I think a lot of it went on and went on and kind of like... We started very slowly. They got the upper hand at the start. They got five points in a row. 
and I thought from two years ago when we turned, we hadn't turned up, I thought we were under a bit of pressure, but we settled fairly quickly. We got the first score. I just think it took whatever air of nerves within them, just released them, and from that moment on, they were just outstanding at, and I think after probably just before the water break and going after the water break, I just think we came into the game impressively and started to win jewels in every part of the field, you know? Yeah, funny that you mentioned the water break because since the water break happened, you came back and got 2 8. Yeah, the water break happened and all of a sudden then we got a run on them. But sometimes you can get a run on the teams, you know, when things are like at that stage, their confidence was probably down and we had got a score and our confidence went sky high. And I say about this team, this team are impressive when they when they let when they let go and they have shown it this year and it's like that again this year we have impressed but they let go today and it was unbelievable it's they great. really did at half time he headed in nine points what was the message at half time keep going well the message was very simple at half time we hit a gale force breeze it never wins anything in a, it never wins a match but the most important thing is that we didn't give them anything to bite on the most important thing if we gave them something to bite on give them a quick score or a quick goal it would put us under savage pressure you know you made history here today has it been able to sink in yet no nah, look it won't sink in and didn't bunt broke girls we've talked all week more than anything else about moments we talked about maybe the moment that we're in that we need to take advantage of because we were here two years ago and they never took they never took that they left it past I explained to them today that you can have a trophy and you can dust it down but the memory is the most important thing you know and that's the most important thing today I think them girls will remember this for the rest of their lives and look in fairness Inish Carra are great champions and they're always going to be hard to difficult I just found them they'd be difficult at any stage to try and win a match against Inish Carra. but you know what I think today these girls came of age and they showed you know they are like they are in, at a place that like probably they should have been two years ago and they weren't but, but look that's when you do, when you haven't been there before it's very hard to you know what I mean plenty I don't of, know how they'll, how they'll enjoy these celebrations but they'll drink plenty of players with their hands up today the likes of Linda Collins and of course Fiona Keating 3-2 turn him on county final day not many players were able to do those things no um, look Linda and Fiona have been outstanding all year let's put our hand up them two have carried this club, this club, our club at the forward line for a long time because the other girls were too young and we were waiting for the girls that were trying to develop to try and come through. But in fairness, over the last probably couple of weeks, they have came through and they've been outstanding. Do you know what I mean? Like, and you'll enjoy this one and celebrate with them, I'm sure. Yeah, look, look, the end of the day, we'll enjoy it because this group of players, like, they've never kind of won a bit of silverware. So, like, it's brilliant. It's something else. Like, ah, it's I don't, I don't know what's going to happen down there tonight. You could set the houses on fire. I don't know. Congratulations. Thanks for chatting to me. Listen, thanks very much. Okay. That's my Poland there. Of course, Rovers, you can hear the delight in his voice there after being crowned county champions for the very first time in their history. Congratulations to everyone at Corsi Rovers from all of us here at Cork Shell FM. Enjoy the celebrations. They are certainly, certainly well earned. All right, it's all over at the Etihad and uh, Leicester City have won 5-2 away to Manchester City. Going to get you a full-time update on that one. Um, Cork City um, have got a goal up against Finn Harps uh, a couple of minutes ago, um, thanks to Dylan McGlade. And in fairness to City Column, they haven't really sat back. They have kind of, I expect them just to sit back in the edge of their box, but they, they've gone looking for a second. They have gone looking for a second and they're still attacking. Finn Harps just making a couple of changes now as we speak. Um, and Cork City have kept attacking. They had another good chance through Garrel Morrissey if you minutes ago but he, he put the shot well over the bar but they're attacking and they're going for a second goal hopefully they can get it 62 minutes on the
o'clock there now so uh, as we said still kind of a nervy half an hour or so to go but uh, Finn Harps on the attack here now searching for their equaliser but uh, that's going to be cleared away by Cork City so fingers crossed City can hold on for the win Yeah I think in the last six games City have won five times in Finn Park so it'll be uh, fingers crossed it'll make it six The omens are good there In so, the yeah. next half an hour but it is going to be a nervy half hour for Cork City if that result were to stand at the risk of jinxing everything City would move two points ahead of Harps with a game in hand that game in hand being against them dark admittedly um, but that would put City into ninth and into the relegation uh, playoff spot so this could be a massive massive three points fingers crossed uh, that does transpire alright going to stick with uh, Get It Games and uh, Glen Rovers are into the Cork Senior Hurling Championship final after they defeated Aaron's own last night 22 points to 310 to Glen having been without championship action for four weeks as top seed started the game a bit sluggishly conceding two first half goals from the sticks of Massey O'Carroll and Keane O'Callaghan Aaron's own couldn't retain their first half dominance on the restart though Glen Rovers experience illustrating through their 15 point second half tally contributions from David Noonan Simon Kenovic and Patrick Horgan among others Lauren Guilfoyle there for us spoke to Glen Boss Richie Keller we, our, fear, our fear coming down was that we didn't play a match for a month mm. that was our first knockout match mm. since Bursley beat us last year in the Munster Championship we, we played three group matches we won the three of them we, we won well in some one or two of them but we knew that deep down the midnight it wasn't knockout and they had played a great game against Sars they, they won a great, great match they had full of confidence they had played a quarter final we hadn't played a championship match and you could see the difference they had a few injuries they were probably unlucky on the night but we were in a hole that team has been many holes over the years and they got out of it and uh, I'm so proud of them Yeah, I mean the second half he came out and he got six points unanswered I mean I know like, it's kind of a cliche what you said to him at half time but there was probably no need they probably knew themselves they, they knew themselves that they hadn't hurled uh, like, even at one stage for the first water break we, we we were fellas were giving out now saying hang on a second no, we, we, we explained what I said to you where to go that where they were coming from what they had against us they had everything in the locker mm. we were only a point down mm. and next thing we went out Aaron's own got a goal and all of a sudden we were four points down we were like oh mm. for flip's sake but look we've experienced we have youth we were in, we were in right trouble out tonight in Fairstone but we got over it and we would have took a one point victory I don't we won by maybe one or two mm. uh, look it goes back to 2016 the county final yeah, we had yeah. beaten them yeah. and they were they were gunning for us and, and we're happy and we, we have a week to prepare enough for the county final and we're thrilled to be in it and I suppose going back to the county final Patrick Horgan was brilliant that night he was brilliant again tonight he was he was and look you need your big players playing the further you go in competitions if your big players aren't performing you're in trouble yeah. and uh, we needed him tonight and look he's always there for us and we, we, if he doesn't perform for us we accept that too but tonight he was outstanding absolutely a game of two halves that first half performance probably wasn't up to your expectations no it wasn't um, look, that was down there on zone they, they, were, they were buzzing around the pitch they were in our faces they were chasing us hooking us they threw everything at us and we, I think often it got caught cold but that, then that goes back to not playing a quarter final we hadn't played for the month we played a challenge match against Kerry last week it, it gave us an out, a day out it was a good match from our end but it wasn't championship it wasn't a tough match Aaron Zorn had got that in the locker and uh, we, we expected if we were with him for the start we, we'd grow into the game and I think that's what happened and despite conceding a goal in the second period it didn't really phase you at all much no because look again it's our experience we, we've lost county finals we've won county finals we've, we've played a monster we, we just we just know that you play for the 60 odd minutes I think tonight was 66 or 67 minutes like the game is never over it's a game of hurling seven or eight points down a couple of goals you're back in the game so we, we, look, that learned, we learned that the hard way where I think we went back to 2008 we were in a county semi-final we were five points up against SARS so we, we had a young team uh, we were five points up at half time and we were, we were coasting and we lost the match and we learned a valuable lesson that night that the game is never over if you're five up you've got to go six up and you've got to keep at it keep at it and that's what we've trained to instill into the players and 
over the years they, they've learned that you just keep going you keep going and it's, look, it's, not, it's not I think magic it's just like life you go through t- tough things in life you just got to keep going and get through it and it's the same in a match and Speaking of finals back into the county finals since last year how does that feel? Uh, it's, it's great because it just shows that we're doing something right um, it's a pity with all this COVID thing that we can't wouldn't say celebrate tonight because it's so short for next week but look it's, it's, it's great that every club wants to get to county final and we're lucky the last few years that we've been in a few of them and uh, it's just great for the future of our club the kids see it we, we, were, we met tonight in the club and I had, I had to hunt I'm not, I'm not missing 100 kids off the pitch <laughs> because they're waiting for the, car, the, the Glenfellas to come in and I pushed them all up to the bottom the top end of the pitch because for two reasons two, one there was too many of them there and two they take all our slitters <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be a strange county final obviously it's limitations in audience but also kind of the, the Build up to it. Yeah, look, it's so short, and, and um, look, this whole COVID thing has, has changed everything. And uh, look, even to be back playing is great, but now we're in the zone. It's a county final. We want to win the Black Rock, want to win it. Uh, it's, like you say, it's only sport, but when you're in this little bubble, it's very, very serious. And, and we want to go give a performance. It's going to be a great county final. Two, two huge clubs. I know a lot of fans in Black Rock, and I'd love to see Black Rock win the county, and I mean that. But obviously, next Sunday, <laughs> I'd like to skip that down the road further because look, I have support city hurling all the time. Blackrock are coming to win a county we were in that boat they're coming and they're serious opposition and uh, so are we but look it's going to be hopefully two teams that play to their, to their max and whoever wins we'll accept that and I'm sure we'll be talking to you before then but best of luck thank you very much yeah, that's what you get out there of the Glen really really happy after they booked their place in the final and an epic awaiting against Blackrock next Sunday afternoon should be an absolutely thrilling thrilling clash um, Blackrock had a fantastic win yesterday uh, over UCC um, which went to extra time so really looking forward to that uh, county final next Sunday afternoon we'll be previewing it on the Big Red Bench uh, next Saturday with Valerie um, not much to report Cullum uh, at Finn Park and hopefully we'll be saying not much to report for the next 20 odd minutes yeah hopefully it's a, a nice quiet 20 minutes of no more goals we'll take the 1-0 win if we can uh, Finn Harps did look to have a chance maybe about 3 or 4 minutes ago there but it was a great tackle by Dale Hollands on the Finharp striker well, it looked like he was through one on one of Mark McNulty and City goal but uh, a great tackle from Dale Holland keeping Cork City in the game and City back on the attack again now so uh, good value for their one lead so far I think Roar but not much to report in the last few minutes apart right, from that fingers crossed 69 minutes there now on the clock going to take a break still to come I'm going to talk to our good buddy Joanna Reardon Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie The Big Red Bench Still Cork City leading 1-0 away to Finn Harps. Full-time report as Manchester City are beaten by Leicester. Peter Smith. City 2, Leicester 5. City went ahead with a third-minute opener from Riyad Mahrez. But Leicester hit back with a Jamie Vardy hat-trick. Two from the penalty spot and one from the most sublime of near-post flicks. Substitute James Madison made it 4-1 with a magnificent finish from outside the box. Nathan Ake shortened the arrears, heading in a Mahrez corner before Yuri Tielemans concluded the scoring with Leicester's third penalty of the game. It ended City 2, Leicester 5. And Cork City just survived a big scare column. <laughs> a big big scare I I thought it was going in uh, it rolled past Mark McNulty and I think he thought it was going wide but it actually nearly snuck in to the bottom corner of Mark McNulty's goal uh, thankfully it hit the post and came back out and Cork City survived that scare uh, before that as well just a few minutes before that a good chance for Cork City from Darrow O'Connor uh, he cut in from the right a left handed strike a left footed strike sorry up into uh, looking for the top corner of the goal but just wide as well but uh, that was a nervy moment for Cork City there 
Uh, we don't want too many of them, Robert. There's still, there's still 20 minutes for more of that tapping, it's unfortunately. It's funny, my watch yellow ice stream, I think, is about five seconds ahead of yours. So I had my head in my hands, and then like, five <laughs> seconds later, you're like, head in your hands as well. So uh, it's going to yeah, be a nervy last couple of minutes. It is going to be a nervy last couple of minutes. Fingers crossed they can hang on, or maybe push on and get a second, as they have been pushing on, we to be honest, we won't, we won't get crazy, we And won't. they are attacking, but uh, one it will do us just fine. All yeah. right, so our good friend John O'Reardon is back with a new season of the Joanna Reardon podcast coming up this coming Friday and a cracker of a guest to kick us off the legendary commentator Clive Tilsley is the guest on episode number one I caught up with Joanne a little bit earlier to uh, talk to her about the plans for the uh, coming uh, season of episodes and we're going to hear a little bit from Clive Tilsley as well Alright, we're joined on the line by our good friend Joanna Reardon. Joanne's podcast, the imaginatively titled The Joanna Reardon Podcast, is back <laughs> this coming Friday. Uh, Joanne, it's been a while. How are you? I miss you, Rory. I miss you a lot. It's not the same, is it? Because we used to record these um, these interviews in studio and the recording sessions would just descend into fits of laughter for about an hour and we would get very little work done. Now it's all being done remotely. It's a bit odd, isn't it? There's something really disappointing about going into my hot press because I ordered an on-air light online for my dad to install above the hot press uh, just to make sure no one actually comes into the hot press while I'm recording. But I'm not going to lie. I miss you. I wish you could come to the hot press. It would be such good fun. But COVID-19 guidelines state you can't come into my hot press. So I'll just, can I get a cardboard cut out of you, please? I'm sure we'll organise that. But yeah, just send me a picture of the hot press so I know what uh, know what your recording studio is like. But it's the, yeah, it's obviously... Uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 been weird doing these podcasts uh, remotely, but as you say, the COVID nineteen situation it is what it is, and we have to adapt to it. How have you found the last six months of lockdown and COVID madness? It's um, it's been interesting to say the least. I um, I've just been stuck in the house for I think ninety percent of it. Um, I went to a couple of games um, in Killarney, funnily enough, because um, I was doing stuff at the Irish Times. So. I was kind of doing small little bits kind of to keep me ticking over. But I found in terms of recording um, and actually doing interviews that it was weirdly the best time uh, because I found that if people didn't get back to you, we were all on lockdown. So if they didn't get back to you, they were just ignoring you or they really (laughs) dislike you. Um, So I actually found it quite productive, bizarrely enough. Um, So, you know, it's it's definitely been weird. Um, You know, we had... Some laughs, you know, I live at home, my parents um, and my dog. So mm. it's just literally been the the four of us for the time being. And uh, it doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon. But uh, no, I kind of I kind of miss the crack of kind of going out and meeting my friends and stuff. But um, no, it's not too bad work wise. I think um, it's mm. been nice to be kept ticking over. And uh, yeah, no, even though sports was gone for a lot of it, um, we, we had some really good people kind of down the road being interviewed and uh, hopefully that translates then into the podcast. Hopefully people will see that, you know, we had a lot of time off um, to put together a really, really good season for people to enjoy. Yeah, the podcast is kicking off uh, this coming Friday. It'll be uh, The first episode will be published at 12 o'clock. I, I'm, one good thing that has come from COVID is, well, a couple of good things have actually come from COVID from a media point of view. First is every club in the country streaming their games, which mm. has been absolutely fantastic. But also... Um, I suppose Zoom interviews, everyone has gotten used to doing them over Zoom, over Skype, and um, everyone has been doing interviews that way. So it's made doing interviews a lot more accessible and kind of uh, a lot easier to do, especially when you can do them from home. Well, I feel like those anchormen who sit with the bottom half 
in pajamas and the top hat looking really pro. So that's how I'm addressing these scenarios. But you're dead right. I think it kind of shows really how flexible we can be in the media game and in the workforce um, just in order to kind of get people on and kind of get the content that we want out there. Um, and I think it is super important, definitely in this time, um, that people are supporting kind of good, independent, local kind of journalism because the content that's being churned out mm. every day in such weird um, scenarios is it's sky high, like at the minute, um, just the, especially in sports like the standard at the minute is it's really really good um and i think really that's all down to the people the 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 people who are working in sports their willingness and their i suppose their talent to adapt and kind of make sure that nothing i think you we have seen that be written and in broadcasting um and i think it is really good to see and as i was kind of even though i was joking earlier about people all being on lockdown and ignoring your emails i think it's actually very helpful for people that they know they can do it just sitting at their home you know they don't have to do anything only put in a pair of earphones and away they go you know because i think a lot of people you know they just i think this has definitely shown more family you know people want to be around their family and it's kind of changed all our priorities um maybe for the better i'm not too sure um but you know i think for the time being it's it's really handy um that we're able to adapt and uh you know i think the sports world might be for the better if we're all adapting streaming live games and making sure it's accessible to everyone yeah it's absolutely fantastic um just being able to watch club games from the comfort of your own home it's been it's it's been a revelation in that regard but um the podcast most most importantly is back on friday and to kick it off we have uh, a cracking guest we do we this was the one where i it actually came about by pure fluke so um one of my friend's moms is a diehard Liverpool fan and she was looking for a bit of memorabilia to celebrate them winning the league. And I was just kind of scrolling online and I saw Clive Tilsley, no less, was doing a commentary chart. So he was selling his commentary charts from the games throughout winning the league. And I was like, oh, I'll buy her one. And it was kind of pure fluke. I had to email being like, oh, can you actually make sure the receipt isn't there because it's a gift? Um, and then she saw underneath, like, you know, you know, Red FM podcast and Irish Times writer. And she was like, Oh, gosh, I'd love to do an interview. You know, he's in lockdown too. And I was like, I'd love to interview Clive. I'm not doing anything in my life. So, yeah, Clive, Clive Tinsley, all time legend and world class commentator. He's our first guest. And just as we were saying off air, the amount of stories, I didn't have to be in this podcast. I could have just hit record and just nodded to Clive and been like, off you go, tell me a load of stories. But I hope uh, a lot of people, I suppose, won. Um, it's pure, like you're going back into your past because as I was listening to him, I was thinking 99 um, Champions League, Man United and Bayern Munich. That's all I could hear as he was talking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I hope people, you know, tune in, listen. And uh, just his stories are incredible. Yeah. And I think you'd learn so much just from sitting there, probably for us as broadcasters as well. Just learn, mm. you know, like sport is for everyone. Make it accessible. Don't be too chummy about it. Just, you know, include everyone. I think it's a really nice mm. um, intro, to be honest. Yeah, he's a fantastic storyteller and the podcast is fantastic. So be sure and check that out uh, when it is published uh, later on this week, Friday afternoon, to be precise. Uh, what are guests do we have planned for the next couple of weeks? We have some really, really good ones. So we have uh, Claire Sheridan. So she is the very first uh, Irish female mountaineer and rock climber. So she's climbed, now she'll say thousands, I'm going to say millions, because to be honest, she's climbing nearly every day of the week. <laughs> so she's been climbing the last, I think, 50 years of her life. So she's uh, 67, still going, still calling um, little rock climbs after her. Um, we have also got uh, Mike uh, Callahan from AFLW Ireland. So he's in charge of sending all the girls 
was over uh, from Gaelic football to Australian football and even in charge of creating a little mini league kind of here in Ireland. So they actually do have a team in Cork if anyone wants to give it a go. But uh, yeah, so we've got a couple of guests. Um, we have Amy O'Donoghue, Limerick runner, um, national champion. Um, and yeah, no, we've got a couple more um, in the bag. So hopefully it'll be really good and people will tune in. Yeah, Friday afternoon, the uh, next episode of the January podcast will be published. We're going to play a little bit of Clive Tillsley now uh, just to whet the appetite ahead of Friday. But uh, Joanne, thanks very much for talking to us and uh, really looking forward to the podcast over the next few weeks. Thanks, Rory. I do miss you. <laughs> I miss you too, buddy. Yeah, it's our good buddy, uh, Joanne O'Reilly, there ahead of our podcast uh, series starting again this coming Friday on Cork FM. You can search for the Joanne O'Reilly podcast. It'll be up there Friday at 12 o'clock. It's going to be an absolutely cracking episode with Clive Hillsley, who we're going to hear from in a bit um, because uh, we're just going to pause for a second. Um, I said to Colin before we started mm. that, I did want to have to say we've something to report from Finn Park uh, for the rest of the show. We do have something to report from Finn Park. Unfortunately, it's not gone City's way. It's not gone City's way. It's Finn Harps 1, Cork City 1. Now Finn Harps have equalised in the last few minutes. Raphael Crataro, uh, old school battler for player, he came on and he kind of changed the game for Finn Harps. He got a lovely goal. Uh, I like the way Stephen Alkin, I think, is the commentator on Watch LOI, described him as the Tubber Curry Tornado. <laughs> a great description for Crataro, but he got a nice equaliser to get Finn Harps back in the game. And it's all Finn Harps now for the yeah. last five to ten minutes for uh, City. I've really kind of, um, the, the, the momentum has gone from them in the last ten minutes and it's with Finn Harps now and you'd be worried about Finn Harps getting a winner but uh, there's still give or take ten minutes left to play in this game with the injury time and so on as well uh, Cork City have made a couple of changes Connor Simpson is on Scotty Fenwick is on um, so, they're, so they're going for it but they need to step it up um, as we said a draw wouldn't be a complete disaster a loss would uh, but they really need the three points at this stage of the season or so fingers crossed uh, with ten minutes left City can get a winner here but as it stands it's Finn Harps won Cork City won yeah 38 year old Rafael Kataros showing us I hope for all of us yet uh, <laughs> at the top level of Irish football but it's going to be a nervy last couple of minutes uh, we'll get you full time score on that one in a bit but we're going to hear a bit of uh, Joanne's chat with Clive Tilsley now it's an epic chat that we're going to split into a two podcast episode so this is just a taster of that uh, the legendary commentator in conversation with Joanne it's very difficult to admit to having come through lockdown and actually quite enjoyed it because I am very aware that it was um, a difficult and indeed tragic time for an awful lot of people. And you take all that into account as you're processing it, but um, when you're fortunate enough to live with your best friend, my wife, um, and even more fortunate when your four, I hate to call them children, offsprings who are all in their mid to late 20s decide not to come and live with you during lockdown, hurrah, you get away with it big time if you've got a little bit of garden and you can sit in the sunshine and you've got a book to write and a business to start and plenty of other things to catch up with, then actually taking a, a time out from from the world um, and and being healthy and happy um, was, was a, you know, a, a strange vacation of sorts. And um, I stress, and I know that you wouldn't, print what I've just said without me qualifying it, but we only had to turn on our television every night to see Mm. um, how problematic and at at times um, how truly tragic um, the, um, you know, the the impact of the pandemic was, but um, it it actually gave us uh, a little 
um, oasis from our lives that uh, we actually enjoyed and, and used pretty productively. Yeah, because you're probably away most weekends, so your wife is probably looking at you Friday, Saturday, Sunday going, Clive, the game's on. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> If I'm not away, I'm watching football on TV. So, um, uh, but because that's part of my job to to um, you know to be across all the games. Um, I don't think there's a Premier League goal or a FA Cup goal or even a Carabao Cup goal scored during the course of the season that I don't see at some stage and take some notes on. Um, so yeah, it was a it was a, a break from all that. As I say, I wrote a book which is out in the spring, oh. which is kind of kind of partly biographical but is more to do with the experience of having spent quality time with Bill Shankly, Brian Clough, Sir Alec Ferguson, Sir Kenny Dalgleish through to Gareth Southgate. Each chapter is entitled, it, it bears the title of one of those people or somebody that I've I, I've been fortunate to spend time around, um, but each chapter is not specifically about them. It's about their qualities and and kind of the view, the the yeah, the the kind of take on life that being close to truly great people in any yeah. uh, field brings you. So it it was quite a reflective process to to write. Obviously, ninety thousand words take a little bit of writing, mm-hmm. and. Um, I I really enjoyed that that process. It's not um, as a commentator, you don't get a great deal of opportunity to reflect and pick and choose the words that you publish. Um, it's just a stream of consciousness. Um, but as a writer, you can do that, and I I, I very much enjoyed that process. And I, I feel very honoured that a, a publisher you know wants to put it out there for everybody else to fall asleep to was it like weirdly therapeutic to kind of write it like were you kind of delving back into trolls where you're like i've never talked about this to anyone like i I, yeah i think it's um i mean i don't know what people around you think um when you're writing but you do disappear into it yeah and um uh there were a couple of times uh, my wife and I play a bit of golf, to, well, play quite a bit of golf together. It's our, it's our exercise. Um, and occasionally we'll, we'll just go out and play seven or nine holes just in, you know, the uh, summer evening. And um, with no scorecard, score just getting some exercise, yeah. chatting, yeah, trying to improve our games. And a couple of times Susan said to me, um, you're not with it tonight, are you? And I said, no, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm thinking about the next line, the next paragraph. Yeah. And I guess it happens to you too. You you do need a notepad by the side of the bed because yeah. you do wake up in the middle of the night and you, you'd either need to send a message to yourself with the thought, the train of thought. And, of course, once the train of thought begins – then you wake up ten minutes later, and ten minutes later, and ten minutes later, and you, and I, you eventually fall back to sleep and wake up to this long list of text messages <laughs> from your number <laughs> with yeah. some thoughts to, to develop. But it is uh, so; it's an engaging process. But I think it does put uh, because it's so consuming, all consuming, really. I, I mean, uh, I, I have written fiction and um, and not published fiction, but um, you know, hopefully, one thing will lead to another. And um, I think I'm a bit of a pain in the backside to be to, to live with when uh, 
when I'm disappearing into the fantasy world of the fiction that I create. Oh, writing, no, writing is super tricky. Like, you're dead right. Like, there are times where I've woken up and I've written down, like, a headline in my notes app and then I wake up to it and I'll be like, you really thought at three o'clock in the morning you'd remember this at nine o'clock the following? Like, really, Joanne? Really? Like, yeah. Was that a dream? Or what? Yeah. yeah, I know, because I had, like, a dream last night that you had emailed me and uh, I literally woke up and I, like, stared at my phone. I was like, no. There's no email from Clive. Is the world okay? <laughs> but, um, oh, it's weird. Um, like, did you kind of go all the way back to the start? Like, what was your, like, first few memories of football, um, you know, like, growing up? You know, like, what were the ones that kind of stood out most to you? Well, I'm, I, I, I've never been any good at football. So I was never going to be a football player um, from quite an early age. Uh, my parents would tell you that I wanted to be a television football commentator. Um, I don't think it was a unique ambition. I don't think I was the only um, child uh, in the British Isles who chased the ball around the garden commentating to himself. Um, but but I was trying to further my career rather than engaging in a fantasy. And um, I, I grew up watching um, – memorable sport on television um, to the accompaniment of memorable voices. Mm. And, um, you know, those voices were, those people were as heroic to me really as, um, as the players um, that I watched. And um, I think, um, you know, stolen nights under, uh, I was, I, I boarded at school during my secondary education and, um, it was completely illegal to listen to a football commentary after lights out, um, but that didn't stop me, along with the uh, corporal punishment that went with it when I was caught. And those magical radio voices that I uh, heard in my childhood, um, Peter Jones, Brian Moore, Morris Edelston, um, you, you know, were probably the, the, the guys that um, poked and prodded me in the direction of, of where I've ended up. I did literally move. Uh, I came home from the hospital to a house in Bury, um, next door to the manager of Bury Football Club. Um, his wife, uh, he was Dave Russell. Uh, his man, his wife, uh, uh, Gladys Russell, took my mum, Frida, to the hospital to, to oh. you know, to uh, for my arrival into the world. I went to Gig Lane before I was born when she was pregnant. Um, so I, I literally, I, I mean, I only lived next door to him for probably the first five or six years of my life, but uh, I started to grow up next door to one of the 92 football managers uh, in England, and my best friend at that age was his son, who has become an FA coach. So, um, you know, given that kind of start, um, that there was always a chance that I would have some connection with uh, with the professional game. Yeah, and like, how did you like manage to progress that? Like, what was your first time you picked up the microphone? Like, how did all that come about? Well, I I, I did want to be um, a football broadcaster in in my late teens. Um, you know, I I had a, a good education and um, w- was always likely to go to university. Uh, to further it, um, and if there had been a well, there were, I think there were about four media courses in the whole of the UK further education system at the time. I can't remember whether I actually um, applied for them or whether my father steered me 
um, in the direction of a more sensible career. Um, he, he was a, a, a businessman, not, not a, not a, a big businessman. He, um, he was a salesman for a, a kind of domestic and, and, and small, uh, industry fuel, um, provider. Um, but I, I guess that the, it was just good parenting to, to feel as that, that if your child could um, make the most of his education by becoming an accountant or work in a marketing department in, in business, then uh, you'd sort of done half of your uh, parenting job. And um, I kind of did a deal with him um, having completed my uh, or close to the completion of my industrial economics and politics degree at the University of Nottingham. Um, I was offered a job as a T-boy by a local radio station, which was just opening in Nottingham. And um, we kind of reached this agreement that um, uh, if if I couldn't progress it beyond being a T-boy in the first year, then I would use my de- use my degree more profitably in in, in some kind of um, business capacity. Um, and within a few months, um, my dad had met Brian Clough and, uh, had walked inside the ropes at the Open Golf Championship with a press armband on and he felt I was heading in the right direction. Yeah, really interesting stuff there from Clyde Tildesley, the uh, famous commentator who's going to be Joanne's first guest in the new season of the Joanna Reardon podcast, which gets underway and this coming Friday. Keep an eye on our social media at Big Red Bench and uh, we will tweet out the details later on in the week. And you can uh, subscribe to the Joanna Reardon podcast from wherever you get your podcasts from. And with that, the full-time whistle mm-hmm. has gone at uh, Finn Park. Full-time whistle just gone at Finn Park, Roar. It's finished. One all. Finn Harps, one Cork City, one. Dylan McGlade gave Cork City the lead and and Raphael Cortaro equalised for Finn Harps and Cork City have been very poor for the last 30 minutes of the game really uh, they lacked ideas they lacked imagination and they, 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 they I don't know they just kind of lost all momentum that they had earlier in the game and it's quite a worrying scoreline Rora as you look at the league table now I know we said it wouldn't be a disaster getting a draw but I mean games are running out Cork City have a game in hand uh, to be fair over Finn Harps but they are a point behind Finn Harps as it stands that game mm-hmm. in hand is against Dundalk as we said so it's by no means a guaranteed three points or even point. Uh, Cork City's goal difference is by far the worst in the league. They're minus 13. Finn Harps are, are two goals better than Cork City. Then you're looking up, so they're a point behind Finn Harps. They're four points behind Shelburne, four points behind Derry, and then um, seven points behind Sligo and St. Pat's, who they play next Saturday. So, I mean, you'd be, they really have to beat St. Pat's now and turn us cross next Saturday. Um, and they have to start winning games because if they don't win a couple of their last um, six games, Cork City are very, very unfortunately um, almost destined for relegation at this yeah, stage, you'd imagine. League table not looking yeah. very, very nice at all. And on that sour note, we must say good night. <laughs> uh, thanks very much for tuning in to us on the Big Red Bench this evening. Our podcast will be online short redfm.ie and from wherever you get your podcasts uh, we're back next Saturday at 6pm with uh, Valerie Wheeler presenting Saturday's show enjoy the rest of your evening folks and we will talk to you next weekend The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM